showed me a mountain he can He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. Show me one thing that's too Show me what as he can He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. It's possible. We have together. Oh. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory that I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment. Show me. Show me one thing he can. Show me a mountain he can. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. Show me one thing that's too Show me what as he can. He's the God of the breakthrough. And anything is possible. Possible. All things are possible with you. Greater than the man. 
calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. Oh, me, God. Oh God, God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your You 
Come on, is he your lifter of the head today? Come on. Oh, champion of heaven, we worship you. There's no one like you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. The champion of heaven. The champion of heaven. Our redeemer lives. Come on, our redeemer lives. And the redeemed of the Lord, they say so. Come on. They testify of his goodness. They testify of his greatness. Come on. They testify of his grace. Come on. Of his mercy. Of his love. Of his joy unspeakable. Oh, we thank you, champion of heaven. We love you. We honor you this day. For you are worthy to be praised, our King. For there is no one like you. And I won't let the rocks cry out for me. Because you've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so faithful, God. You've been so good to us, Lord. You've been so faithful, God. You've been so awesome, God. You've been faithful. You've been good. Oh, you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh. Now that's a shout unto the heavens. Come on. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we love you, Father. You've been so good to us. You've been so faithful, Lord. There's no one like you. We love you. We honor you. Oh, we praise your name. We praise your name. We praise your name. We lift you on high. We thank you. Come on, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Woo! Woo! My God. My God. Tell your neighbors, a neighbor. We're on the winning side. All right, give your neighbor a high five. Come on. Woo! We're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. Get excited. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! That's what I call a pep rally. Come on. Woo! 
told you we were going to have pom-poms. Amen. All right. <laughs> Let's continue our worship and our giving this morning as we give unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords as he is faithful unto us. Woo! I don't know. There's something about these things I feel powerful. I know they're just supposed to like help the glare, but man, I'm like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come tackle me. Come, come, come at me. Like, all right. Woo! Isn't God good? He's so good. As you purpose, whatever you purpose in your heart to give this morning, I want to encourage you with this. Look up to the game changer for your supply. Because I don't know if you know it, but he's already changed the game. He's changed it. He's flipped the script already. Come on. <laughs> Back when, when the slaves were in Egypt, and Egypt is a representation of the world, right? And some of us, we knew that back then, that darkness, the, the lack, come on, that not enough, the always begging and trying to scheme, and come on, that, that place. You re they, they relied, and we relied on the river now, the natural resources for our supply. We relied on things of this world for our supply. Dependent entirely on their own hands. And they, what they did in the, in the Nile was to carry the water from the Nile. And they didn't have to look to God to, at all for his supply. This is a picture of human effort. But thank God that Jesus came and flipped the script. Come on. He, he, he went into the game and, and he changed it for us. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel 22, chapters, uh, chapter 22, verses 2 to 3, it says, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. What, is this, what does this say? It's saying, now I don't no longer depend on my human hands and efforts. Because now he, well, you know, he's blessed our hands, but now I'm dependent on him. Because in the promised land, he's prepared a way for his people. Come on. There's no more river now to depend on. They had to look up and depend solely on the source and the provider. And you and I today, we are the beloved. Come on. We are his beloved. And today, we can now say that we are dependent on him, our source and our provider. The game changer has come. And now my healing, my provision, my strength, my peace. Come on. It's all on him. He's my source. Come on. Come on. Are you in the game or not? Come on. Today's rules are, if we say anything good, you should be waving your pom-pom. Come on, who got pom-poms? All right, there we go, there we go. Let the people see online, come on. That's right. We trust in God. We're telling devil right now, we trust in the most high God. We trust in him. He's our provider. So today, as you, as you give, give with that mindset. He's flipped the script. He's changed the game. I no longer have to be broke in lack. If I trust him, if I, if, I, if I give my resources back to him, if I sow into his kingdom, I will see his hand upon my life. I will see it increase 
in all that I set my hands to. So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you. You are the game changer, Lord. You are the one that flipped the script on the enemy. He's the one that comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But you have come that we may have life and have it abundantly. So Father, we know and understand that you're our source and our provider. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, the Father of lights. So we thank you for your provision today. We thank you that we could sow into your kingdom, Father, and that there's increase. Lord, so that many lives will be transformed so that we can do what you've called us to do. We honor you this day, Father. And from this day forward, our minds will be renewed to hold nothing back from you because you held nothing back from us. We love you, Father. We honor you, Lord. We thank you for your provision, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, receive it today. Woo! Our good heavenly Father. Good morning. Woo. Oh, this side got it. Good morning. This side. Good morning. All right, all right. All right. All right. I don't know what I am today. I'm a player. I'm a cheerleader. I'm everything. I'm doing a little bit of everything. You know, you got to be in it to win it, right? So I do a little bit of everything today. And I just want to encourage you all this morning. I'm Pastor Annette, and I am here this morning to, to welcome you to Church at the Bridge, to welcome you to our, our celebration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on. I, I would dare to say that everyone in this room and watching right now, you have something to shout about. You have something to be thankful for. Come on. Come on, God is good, and we're so glad that you are here with us this morning at our Church at the Bridge Pep Rally Cha Game Changers Day. We are about to change the game, y'all. We are, you know, Jesus changed it. We're going to partner with him now, walk alongside, and do what he's called us to do. Man, you sweat with these things. Hallelujah. I'm in the game. I'm in the game, right? What is it? No sweat, no pain, you know, no pain, no sweat. I don't know, whatever it goes. Okay. Right? And God. <laughs> I'm in character. No. All right. God is good. And we're so excited that you are here, whether you're in the house or watching right now. Can we give it, give everybody a warm church at the bridge? Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Woo. We're excited for you. We're excited about what God's about to do in you, what God is doing in us and through us. And we invite you to come out. And those that are here, we have a VIP section right there by the popcorn. Yes, we have popcorn, everybody. So make sure before you leave here if that you fill out a connect card if you're here for the first time. Because I can't see everybody. These lights, they blind you. So, you know, we can't, can't really see. Unless, okay, I can see you. I can see you. All right, all right, all right, all right. So come on out to uh, Bite Right by the Popcorn. Get a gift from us. Get some prayer. Get encouragement. We want to love on you. Fill out the connect card. Those online as well, fill it out. Let us know. Visit us. Come out. Call us. We'll call you. We want to connect with you and your family. You are VIP to the Lord. You are VIP to us. So we thank God for you, and we hope that we can walk alongside of you. Can we give it up for them? Come on. All right. So, there's a, a, a lot of things happening at Church at the Bridge, but I just want to tell the guys, today is the last day to sign up for paintball. Today is the last day. All right, all right, so, 
Just want to make sure you guys know you're going to hear the announcements, but I want to make sure that you know that. And then also we'll be announcing um, things, you know, more things to come uh, that, that we're doing here at Church at the Bridge. Make sure you stop by after service for popcorn. And also when you leave service, just in case Pastor, you know, forgets because he's hyped up today, uh, make sure that you pick up an invite card. We are going to all be game changers. Amen. And so when you leave here today, from now until Easter, we want you to invite people to come out, hear the truth of the gospel. And did you guys see something up there? All right. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Pastor's going to talk more about that. So make sure you see us before you go. All right. Watch these announcements and we'll be right back. Good morning, Church of the Bridge. My name is Karina, and we're so excited that you decided to spend your Sunday with us today. Here at Church of the Bridge, everything we do is aligned with our mission and vision to connect with God, connect with people, and to connect with our community. Young adults ages 18 to 30, on Friday, March 25th, we will have a worship night right here at the church starting at 7 p.m. We encourage you to come on out for a night of worship, fellowship, and to hear a timely message for our generation. Encourage your friends to join you and register for this event online. Guys, join us on March 26 at 10 a.m. at MSG Paintball Field. The cost is $35, and that includes 500 paintballs, unlimited CO2, goggles, and vests. The last day to register is Sunday, March 20th. Please stop by guest services to sign up and pick up your waiver. Join us on Wednesday, April 6th for our Upper Room Night here at the church from 7 to 8 p.m. Our Upper Room Nights are dedicated to experiencing the presence of God through personal ministry time, extended praise and worship, a timely message from God's Word, and partaking in communion. Join us and let's go deeper together. Join us on Sunday, April 17th for Easter at Church of the Bridge. We're going big this year with three services at 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. And we're aiming to change the game by being intentional about reaching people near and far with the gospel. Make plans to bring as many people as you can and let God use you to transform lives. Ladies 16 and older, get ready for another dynamic women's conference. This year will be at Honors Haven Resort and Spa in Ellenville, New York. This is more than just a conference. It's a life-changing experience with God and women just like you. Join us for amazing times in worship, power pack sessions, time for fun, relaxation, and much more. The conference is held Thursday, June 9th through Saturday, June 11th, and you can register online or pick up a packet at guest services. We would love to connect and engage with you on social media through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also stay connected with the church by signing up for text alerts, which include daily devotionals and important updates. To sign up for text alerts, text CTVNY to 84576. For additional details or questions about our upcoming events, please visit our website at ctbny.com. God's word today. 
Come on now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the mighty and precious name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for your word because it is spirit and it is life. It is alive and active and powerful. And today, Lord, your word is working in our hearts. It's renewing our minds. It's transforming our lives. And so we come to you today with open hearts, open minds, open lives, ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. So we are starting a new series today entitled Game Changers. And I know some of you are wondering, what's all the hoopla with the scoreboard, with the pep rally you walked into with the church colors, with the fact that pastor suited up and ready to take somebody to the, to the hole on Gidney after second service, right? What's that all about? What's the big deal? Well, listen, whether you know it or not, the journey of faith as a Christian is a lot like a game. But listen, it's not just any game. It's, a, it's not just a competition to prevail. It's a grand stage before God and people, for God and for others to win. And I want you to hear the heart of God. I want you to consider the truth in God's word, that how you and I respond not only changes our lives, but it has the power to change people's lives. It has the power to change people's lives. And as Christians, look, I know I, we get excited about we win, we're victorious, God's done this in me, and that's awesome. But let me tell you, it's not a win if somebody else doesn't win because of your win. See, we are called to be game changers. And today I'd like to, I'd like to invite you, I'd like to challenge you to draw near to God, to open your heart to his word, not to take my words at this. Listen, all this other stuff is awesome. And, you know, I wanna, we want to stir up your faith, but I want you to listen to the voice of God. I want you to consider the truth in his word. And as we hear the word of God, I want you to measure where you stand and what you will do in response to God's word. Amen? Amen. And so today I'd like to talk to you on the, su on the subject, get in the game. Go ahead and tell somebody, get in the game. Yeah. Tell somebody else, get in the game. Come on, slap somebody a high five. Tell them you're in the game. Listen, some of you might be aware that we are in the middle of the creme de la creme of college basketball tournaments, right? It's what's called March Madness. It's the climax of every college basketball season and the season, a season that's made up of 353 teams from 32 different conferences and it leads to a four-week tournament where 68 teams all compete to get to the final four and eventually get to the point where two teams face off at the pinnacle of the college basketball season, the NCAA championship. Now, it's the biggest stage any player can compete on, right, in, in, at the collegiate level. Scouts are there, fans are watching, the world is watching, and the spotlight is on every single player and on every single play, and every competitor knows it. So here's the thing, right? If we're going to compete at the highest level of life, we must realize that it's not on a court and it's not a game. Let me tell you, 
what the highest level of competition is in life. It's as a Christian on mission with this gospel. That's the pinnacle. See, we're not playing a game. Let me tell you something about us as believers, as children of God. Whether you believe in God or not, whether you're here or you're online. You have a purpose and a destiny, and there is no greater thing that you can do than be in partnership with God and be purposeful about what moves his heart because it transforms your heart and it transforms your life and it lifts you up. And we're not playing a game. We exist to touch people. We exist to lead people to a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. See, once you know Christ and you've experienced change and you're in that process of transformation, the next step of faith is to share it. It's to be intentional about reaching people far from God. I mean, have you noticed the state of the world that we're living in? It's utter chaos. It's madness, and it's not March madness. But you see, here's the thing. The question is, what will you do about it? What are you doing about it? What will we, the church, continue to do? How is the Lord leading you to change the game? Not just for your life, not just for your blessing, but to bless someone else, to lead someone else to the same thing that has transformed your life and is leading you to better places. Too many Christians are marching from the madness of this world instead of marching to the madness with the good news of Jesus Christ and a new life that is available for us all. 2 Peter 3.9 reveals the heart of God to us. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. What promise is it talking about there? It's talking about the promise that Jesus would return and that he would bring peace once and for all. He would bring a new earth. He would restore a, a new kingdom. and There would be a new millennial reign. And there would be transformation for this entire world. So it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Watch why God is taking his time. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's not an emotional reaction to the good news of the gospel. That simply means turning around from error. And so what we see here is God's heart for you, for you, sir, for you, ma'am, for you, young man, for you, young woman, for you online, for the entire world. The scripture tells us that people are perishing. And the original language there literally translates to mean this. People are coming to ruin and complete destruction, and they don't even realize it. But I want you to see something according to 2 Peter chapter 3. God is not willing to leave anyone there. He's not slow or uncaring. He's waiting on his people to complete their assignment. He's waiting on you and me to be active, to share this good news. I've shared this story a number of times throughout the years. It reminds me of a story of a, of a guy who's in the middle of an ocean and he's drowning. And he cries out to God. He says, God, save me, save me. Please don't let me die. And all of a sudden, a guy comes in a rowboat. And he passes him an oar. He says, grab on, I'll pull you in. He goes, no, no, I'm waiting for God. So the guy leaves. 
Then another guy passes by, and he happens to be swimming. He sees him. He swims towards him. He swims towards him. And he says, I got you. He goes, no, 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 leave me. I'm waiting for God. So he continues swimming. Then a helicopter shows up, the Coast Guard. They drop the ladders. They jump in, the divers. They go towards him. They try to grab him. He goes, he fights them off. He goes, no, no, I'm waiting for God. Leave me. And so they leave, and he dies. Then he finds himself before God. And he says, God, why did you leave me to die? I asked you to save me. And he says, son, what do you think the guy in the rowboat was for? Who do you think was swimming by you when that guy came to you? Why do you think the the Coast Guard showed up in that helicopter? My friend, why do you think you have been saved? There is no plan B. You are God's plan A to introduce people to Christ. I want you to get this because we have a tendency of pointing this on Jesus. Salvation depends on Jesus. That is absolutely true. But if you don't show up, neither does the truth. Neither does salvation power. God needs you just as much as we need him. See, God saved you and I so that we can save others. We've been found so that we can reach the lost and help them be found. And so 2 Corinthians 5, starting at verse 20, says this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, get back to what you've been called to. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to see what the scripture is saying. It's saying that God has made his appeal through us. In the original Greek, here's what it's saying. God is pleading. God is calling out through ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is one who is a representative who carries the full authority to enforce the power of another. Listen to what the scripture says. That's you and me. That's you and me. That's you and me. You are God's plan A for the world to know Jesus. There is no one else but you. Oh, pastor, there's people all over. Yeah, but there's a reason why you're at that job. There's a reason why you're in that family. There's a reason why you're in that community. There's a reason why you're surrounded with certain people because you are the light of the world. Jesus once used the parable to show the role that we play in his master plan to reach people. The way that he got to this point of sharing this parable, and the parable is simply a story used by Jesus to illustrate a spiritual truth about God and his heart for this world in a very practical way. And so this uh, religious expert in the law comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In other words, how is this supposed to work? How am I supposed to enjoy this eternity in the kingdom? And Jesus responded to him, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And this expert responds to Jesus in a manner that was disrespectful. It was to to test him. It was dishonorable. He says, so who's my neighbor, Jesus? Who am I supposed to love? And Jesus responds with this parable. There's a man who's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, the story goes. 
We're not going to read it. I just want to kind of recap it. But this man is going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and that's important for us to know because what that tells us is this. People that went from Jerusalem to Jericho were most likely Jews, either Jews or Romans who were the ruling empire over them. And so this Jew is going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and that's important to know because Jericho was a church town. Jericho was a place where Levites and priests and people that uh, managed everything in relation to the temple and God, that's where they lived. This guy probably was a, he was probably on his way to worship. He was probably there to offer a sacrifice. Maybe he was a priest. But what we do know is this, he was a Jew. And the way the story goes, he's attacked by robbers who stripped him of his clothes and they beat him to such an extent that they said he's dead. There's no more, there's no more need to beat him. And so in this story, a priest, and if you look at the original language, this isn't just any priest. This is a priest who has, uh, who, who, who can be chosen as a high priest if the lot fell on him that year. So this is someone very high up there in Jewish religion, in the things of God. It says that a priest walks by the guy, and a Levite, who was an assistant to priest, saw him and also walked by him. They didn't even stop. They walked past the guy. But then all of a sudden, a character comes into this story that doesn't belong here. It's a person referred to as a Samaritan. And a Samaritan is someone who believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they worshipped differently. They believed that there were different customs, different ways that one was to approach God and where you were supposed to worship and how you were supposed to do it. And so a Samaritan and Jews did not belong in the same context. They hated each other. They repelled each other. They, 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 they were enemies. But the, Jesus uses a Samaritan, and he says that this Samaritan sees this man, this Jew, laying on the ground, and he comes to him. But then something happens. He notes that he had compassion. In other words, he was moved from deep within to do something about this man who was left for dead and ignored and set aside, kicked to the side by everyone else. This man had compassion and it says that he bandaged his wounds, that he poured expensive oil and wine on his wounds. He invested himself in his care and then he picks him up and puts him on his donkey and he takes him to an inn and he cared for him that whole day up until the next day. The next day, this man had to go tend to something, and so he turns to the innkeeper, and he says to the innkeeper, hey, take care of him, and whatever expenses you incur above and beyond what I'm leaving you, I'll reimburse you for it all upon my return. At, at telling this, prince, uh, this parable, Jesus then asked a question to this man. He says, who then is the one that was the neighbor? Who was the one that loved his neighbor? And the, the expert responds by saying, I suppose the Samaritan, the one who saw the man on the ground. Now, here's what's interesting. The expert's questions indicate that he was aware of many issues going on around him. In essence, he was questioning, man, there's so many issues in this world. Who am I supposed to love? Who am I supposed to help? Who am I supposed to touch? Who am I supposed to even in a, a attempt to impact in, among so many things. And Jesus' response was radical on so many levels. Let me tell you why. Because the hero in this story is the villain. Let me tell you what I mean. 
As I said, Samaritan and Jews were sworn enemies. And according to the law, a Jew is supposed to help a fellow Jew at all costs, no matter what the cost. So the hero is supposed to be the priest. The hero is supposed to be the Levite. The hero is supposed to be the one who knows what is right to do. And yet the hero becomes the villain in this parable. Let me tell you why else this is radical. Because the villain is the hero in this parable. Let me tell you what I mean. To those hearing this parable, including this Jewish expert, here's what they knew. That Samaritan is not supposed to be the one that helps that Jew. That's an enemy. That's the villain. That's the guy who would least step up to the plate to help. And so the villain is the hero. Let me tell you why else this is radical. Because the one who is hurt is the one that Jesus uses to reach the hurting. Let me tell you what I mean. Samaritans were abused. They were shunned. They were degraded by Jews. They were called, they, they were treated like if they were dead dogs. They were dismissed. They were disrespected. And yet, despite the, this hurt, it's a hurt Samaritan who heals the hurt of one who most likely hurt him. Why is this story radical today? It's radical because the villain that God wants to use as the hero is you and I. It's you and I. It's you and I. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Leads me to my first point. God chooses the least likely to make the most impact. I'm going to say that again. God chooses the least likely to make the most impact. We should note that through this parable, Jesus teaches us that he uses his enemies to reach people. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me, let me, let me qualify that statement. I'm not saying that Jesus is our enemy. Jesus wasn't an enemy to Samaritans, and Jesus is not an enemy to us. But in context here, as one born of Jewish descent, Samaritans would have considered him an enemy. What's my point with that? Through this parable, we see that Jesus uses and chooses the one who is at odds with him to change the odds for all mankind. Listen to what Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 says. Once, who? You. No, no, not me. Not me. Once who? Ah, yeah. Once you and I were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Get this. For some of us, we feel unqualified. We feel inadequate. We feel like we can't share our faith. We don't know enough. We're not polished enough. And what I want you to understand is this, that though you may not see Jesus as an enemy, in refraining from him and doing what he calls us to do, we act like an enemy because we're at odds with the fact that you and I are his choice to bring life to those who are far from him. That makes sense? I want you to consider the, the truth in this. See, if you've ever felt unqualified, let me give you some good news. You're in good company. You're in good company. Why? Because every one of us has been at odds with God. But I want you to consider what Colossians 1.21 says. That we were enemies 
in our minds. In other words, in other words, here's what I want you to see. That we're not enemies of God. We're not unqualified. If anything, we're in good company because we are God's chosen people. God does not see us in this way, and God does not call us unqualified. In fact, he qualifies the ones that he calls. See, in God's eyes, you are the hero. Let me prove that to you. 2 Corinthians 5, starting at verse 16, says this, So from now on we regard no one, no one, who? No one from a worldly point of view. Though once, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone, do I have an anyone in the house? Do I have an anyone online? Listen, anyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, watch this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us, watch this, the message of reconciliation. God has done a new thing in you and I. He's given us a brand new life. And in God's eyes, you are the hero. He doesn't see you as an enemy. And he's not holding sin against you. But watch this. God's not even mad at the world. And how will they ever know if we don't tell them? If we don't exhibit that? How dare we look at someone who's far from God as less? when they matter to God that much. See, you and I have a message to share. God sees you and I as a solution waiting to happen in the life of another. So here's what we got to get. This is a command. It's not a suggestion. This is a command. It's not a suggestion. I want you to hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, starting at verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Where's that basketball? Somebody get that basketball for me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now watch this. Therefore, go. Now, some of you might be familiar with a give and go on a court, right? You give it, and watch what the other person does. Goes, and then he passes it, and you lay it up. You bring it home. And what I want you to see is this, that Jesus is transferring authority. He's saying, I have all authority, but now you go. You go, and you do this. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Now I get it. For some of us, this whole deal of a command to lead people to Christ with the gospel, it might feel forced. To you, the word command even sounds harsh. 
But I want to propose a different viewpoint on this. I want you to consider that this command leads to a commanded blessing, a commanded result in the life of another. Listen to Matthew 10, 7 through 8, so you can get where I'm coming from. As you go, proclaim this message. Proclaim what? Come on, we could do better than that. Proclaim what? This message, right? The kingdom of heaven has come near. Listen to what the gospel is. God is near. God is right here with you. God is present in the midst of your circumstances. And then he says this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Did you notice the promised result when we proclaim that God is near? Put that scripture back up, please. Look at what it says. Heal the sick. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. People are cleansed. There's deliverance. Demonic oppression, influences, all those things break away. Why? Because we're giving away freely what we've received. When you and I act on the command of Jesus to proclaim the message that God is near, there is a commanded blessing that is unleashed that brings salvation. And it's not just forgiveness of sin. It's the entire quality of life of a people. Salvation depends on Jesus. But you got to share that life for someone to come to life. And I want you to take this super seriously. I can't speak for any of the churches because I am not their pastor. But here at Church at the Bridge, I'm just letting you know, we're not playing a game. And if you call me pastor, if you have bestowed upon me that privilege, then my job is to point you to the truth. That you would be enlightened in your understanding and you would do the work of the ministry. And the pinnacle of the work of the ministry is that you and I would live on mission for the sake of reaching people that are far from God so that they could know that God is near and their lives can be transformed. I want you to hear this. What if I told you that while some of us are waiting for God's salvation to show up in the life of that son, of that husband, of that neighbor, of that community, of that region, that God is waiting on you and I to get up. You could pray till you're blue in the face, but it won't change anything unless you put action to your faith. Yes, we pray. Absolutely we pray. That is appropriate. As we learned in our last series, we ask, we seek, and then we knock. The same principle applies to the lives of people. You can pray for someone's salvation, but you have to love that person. You have to share the gospel with that person. You have to live a life that models it. There is no such thing as CIA agents in the kingdom. There are no incognito Christians. And if you're incognito, you have to question, are you a Christian? 
Listen, there are some people that are one conversation away, one invitation away, one intentional act away from a new life. It depends on you and I. Depends on you and I. So I know right now some of you are going, man, this, man, this is hard, man. You know, I don't even know how to start. Let me encourage your faith. Let me give you something to think about. It's not about what you say. It's about what you have. I'm going to say that again. It's not about what you say. It's about what you have. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. The message God wants us to share isn't a polished life. It's not a theological presentation of the gospel. As a matter of fact, your job isn't even to convince people. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. You know what our job is? Our job is to give what we've received freely. Listen to Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 3. He, meaning Jesus, told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and they went from village to village. Watch this. Proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Everywhere. Listen, we are no different than the disciples who heard these words from Jesus' mouth. Why do I say that? Because they had nothing to share for the journey that God wanted them to take on. All that he was calling them to do was just share this good news. God's kingdom is near. God is near to you, and he loves you. God wants to impact your life. God wants to change your, your mindset. God wants to help you break out of that cyclical generational stuff that you keep carrying. Listen, it may have gone through your generations, but it can stop with you from this moment forward. There is hope for the hopeless. There is help to those who feel helpless, and it depends on the people of God being intentional, being active, taking steps to reach people and love them and tell them the truth. God is not mad at you. God is near, and here is the plan for, for your salvation. You know why Jesus tells us, don't take anything for the journey? You know why he says, leave your staff? Because we don't need to lean on anything that deters us from going where he's telling us. You know why he told them, forget your bread, don't pack any bread? Because we're not called to fill ourselves. We're called to be filled with the bread of life that supplies all our needs. You know why he told them, don't take money or clothing? Because that's things that we attempt to provide for ourselves, to care for ourselves. And what he's saying is, instead, remember that I provide where I guide. I will give you the words to speak. I will show you where to go. I will, I will reveal to you your assignment. I will show you the plan, how you are to act and what you are to do. My point with this is simple. Nothing we bring to the equation makes the gospel powerful. But when we share how its power has impacted us, it leads to powerful results. Don't forget that your story is really his story. 
Let me put it to you this way. What has God done in your life? What is he doing in your life? How is he transforming it? How is your mindset being changed? How are things beginning to to go from death to life in your life? Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Sharing your story. Because for some of us, we think that sharing our story is, you know, we've got to get all philosophical and theological. And we've got to begin to speak King James and thou art the childeth of God. That's not what it's about. Many of you know that a while back I came out of the hospital, right? I went through a difficult situation. And let me tell you what happened. It's just a little backstory. So we switched insurances from one insurance to another, right? And it was supposed to work with that when this insurance ended at the end of the year, this next one was supposed to kick in. Well, it didn't. And here's what happened. That week, there was a lapse in my insurance. So what does that mean? I went to the hospital, and when I came out of the hospital, a couple of weeks later, I get a a bill in the mail for $92,000. I kid you not. $92,000. And I said, I'm going to tell you how, how, how me, we, me and my wife, where we were. The devil has stolen. He, he attempted to steal from us. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He tried to take me out, could it? But this isn't my bill to pay because by the stripes of Jesus, healing is mine. So this, isn't, this, this bill is not God's will for me. Now, I'm not saying that I was using uh, the Bible, right, to say I'm not paying this bill. Thank you, brother, for that go team. Listen, but here's, here's, how I, here's how we felt. Devil, you have no right to take anything else from us. So I, we, I was talking to the Lord about it. My wife says to me, when they call the hospital, ask them what they could do. I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. So I got on the phone and I called the hospital. I speak to someone in the billing department. And I said, listen, I was in the hospital seven days. Insurance was supposed to kick in. It didn't. I've got this bill. What can you do? She goes, well, let me see what we can do. Brother, could you say nice and loud? Stand up with me. Could you say nice and loud? Is that my name there, Jose Vasquez? Yes. Okay, and what does that amount say? Zero, zero, zero. Let me just tell you how good God is. He is the God that restores what the locust has eaten. He is the God that takes the impossible and makes it possible. He is the God who forgives and restores and transforms and renews and loves again. And again and again. That is the God that we serve. That is the story that we tell. That is the life that we live. Is there somebody in this house that can testify that God has been good to you? That has a story to tell? Come on now. 
have a seat if you can. Listen. Tell people your story. Tell them what God is doing in your life and let the story lead to his story. Share your story. Share your story. You don't have to be a theologian to tell them about the living God, the most high God. The last point I want to leave you with here today is that everyone matters because everyone matters to God. Every single one person matters to God. Let me tell you why I share that with you. Luke 15, 7 says this. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Listen, God is cheering you on, but heaven celebrates the one. And I want you to see why I'm sharing this with you. Because if heaven rejoices over one person that comes to know Christ, then we should rejoice at every opportunity that presents itself to reach one. To reach one. You know, we put a scoreboard up. I want to thank Brother Steve and his team. Come on, you know, we have a very giving church. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Listen, we give honor where honor is due. I want to thank all the people that came in and helped to decorate and set things up. I want to thank you for your faithful giving, for your faithful service. But here's why we do it all. Because if one comes to Christ, then we've won. And I want you to notice the scoreboard, if you can. And I want you to see that it's a clean slate. The opponent is at zero. And that he will always be at zero because we give him nothing. But we take everything. He gets no wins. But I want you to notice that we're starting with a clean slate. And I'm going to tell you what I want to do in these next couple of weeks and from this point forward. I want to be super intentional about this. We exist to share this gospel and to lead people to Christ. We ain't playing no games. We are not playing any games. Live on purpose. Live for the kingdom. Go for the win. Get in the game. Share your story. Because heaven rejoices for the one. Why shouldn't we? Let's stand here today as we close. Every week, we're going to be updating this scoreboard. And today, whether you're here or you're online, if today's the day that you accept Christ, if today's the day that you recommit your life to Christ, if, the, if today's the day where you, you're done with the lie, you're done with the mess, you're done with the madness, and you are saying, Jesus, I need you and I love you. I want you to do something when we get to the point. I, if you're online or whether you're here, I want you to tell somebody 
raise your hand. Give us a hand up online. Give us that emoji. Let us know you accepted Christ. Why? Because you matter to God and you matter in the kingdom and you matter to these people right here. We want to walk alongside you. We want to notch another win for heaven and tell the world and celebrate the goodness of God working in your life. We don't want to do this just for show. No. We do this because every single one matters. Let me put it this way. You matter. You matter. You matter. Every single one. And so... We're going to be very intentional about a few things. If you accept Christ today, I want you to do something. I want you to stop by our VIP table. If this is your first time joining us, I want you to stop by our VIP table. We want to encourage your faith. We want to know your story. We want to share the good news with you. We want to celebrate the goodness of God. And we want to count you in the kingdom. We want to, we want to declare that you are a win and you are a winner. And so every week we'll be updating the score to reflect how many people we've brought. You bring a guest, that's a win. Somebody accepts Christ, that's a win. Week three, two weeks from now, we will be doing water baptisms in the building. That's a win. So if you want to be water baptized, stop by guest services. Let us know that. It's a win. We want to celebrate. The kingdom of God. And we want to make an open declaration to hell and every host of hell that they have no right, they have no authority, and the kingdom of God is near. And so we are speaking life. We are declaring deliverance. We are declaring healing. We are declaring that demonic possession breaks. And from this day forward, there is a new life. And there's something new in store for you. Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we declare and we decree, Lord, that we are people on mission. We are game changers. That we are intentional about what's intent in your heart. People. This week, Lord, give us eyes to see. Fill our mouth. Show us how to reach people. Enlighten us to those opportunities because, Lord, everyone matters to you. And right here, right now, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've walked away believing that you've left God, I want you to know today that God has not left you. My friend, whether you know Christ or not, whether you walked away from Christ or not, I want you to know that God is still near. And he loves you. He loves you, brother. He loves you, sister. He loves you, man. He loves you, woman. He loves you, young adult. He loves you, child. Why? Because you matter. And today is the day where you go from perishing to prospering. Today is the day that your life is transformed. Today is the day that it all changes. And so at the count of three, if you are accepting Christ for the very first time, whether you are here or you are online, if you are recommitting your life to a walk with Jesus, at the count of three, I want you to do it here in person. And if you're online, I want you to give us an emoji and say, that's me. I'm accepting Christ. I'm turning back to God. I want you to raise your hands nice and high. I want you to let us know. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Come on. 
Come on, hands in this house. Amen. Online. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We are committed to you. We are celebrating the power of God working in our lives. We thank you that you are near. And now together, let's pray this. Let's pray this. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe I matter to you. And I believe you love me. And so from this day forward, I declare you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my God. And I thank you for a brand new life. Come on. We are celebrating the power of God. Don't forget to stop by our VIP table. Don't forget to grab some invite cards and bring people with you. We want to be intentional about bringing the good news to a world in need. Now, Father, we thank you for your word, for Jesus and all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Make sure you grab some popcorn and connect with somebody.